0: button all right guys here we go so welcome to episode 15 of the coaches round table we've had a couple of weeks off because of christmas and new year um, and we also have a special guest with us today so uh we've got ian um from ronin strength probably one of the largest online tr- i don't know whether it would be the largest but it's definitely the biggest in the uk from what i can see um, I think, like it's one of those things where um,
1: as a team, we stay humble, but I think that is is, is beginning to become like that for us. With um, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I've, last time I looked, we've got well over a hundred lifters now, um, yeah. and it's it's all pushing in the right direction for us. We've been very very lucky, very very fortunate. So, yeah, it's like I say, we're we're, we're growing. We've got we've got a, yeah. a, a hell of a team and a hell of a team of coaches as well. I'm am a very lucky person to have been able when Mister Speed started roaning.
0: Yeah,
1: I was I was I was sort of took back in a little bit like really you want me to help and he's like yeah so I'm like I'm very humble about that and very grateful for the opportunity to uh, to, to get to work with these people so yeah but yeah like one of the coaches at Running Strength um alongside that sort of to give you a little brief synopsis about myself mm-hmm. um been in and around weightlifting now probably the better part of a decade I think um I was in the scene before CrossFit got into it. I can remember turning up an LSE competition and there was about four people watching <laughs> to within two or three years, having Crystal Palace absolutely packed out with people you couldn't move.
2: Yeah. So,
1: so like I say, I, w- I wouldn't say an OG, but like somewhere between the old school and <laughs> is the current new school. Yeah. Um, yeah. So started off as a lifter at Bethnal Green under Giles Greenwood. I was very, very lucky there to st- stumble into him Um Got torn apart straight away. In, in Giles' own special way, which was which was humbling straight away. Um, then after that, sort of stayed under Giles' wing for quite a long while. Got myself into a load of coaching courses, and then uh, started to feel after about five years, I could I could coach people. Mm. I think it's a it's a big thing as as you guys know. As, as young coaches coming up, you, you you've got to sort of drink from the Kool Aid before you can start telling people that this is the way it should be, or this is the way to a certain extent, to excuse the pun recently. Yeah. But um, yes, yeah, so, and then from there just grew and grew and grew. And it was very lucky that I, I, I found I was lucky enough to stumble into a, a very talented young lifter, a girl by the name of Lucy Hughes. Um, and she and me sort of grew within the sport together to the point where we were. I was being asked about her and where she was being coached and what she was doing. And it got to a point where my... Experience to a certain level was like, I don't want to stop her from going, but the opportunity for her to go train at Crystal Palace with, at the time, Mercy Brown, Chris Forrester, when he was on the up, mm-hmm. people along that lines, was too much of a good opportunity for her and also for me to put myself around elite lifters. Um, one thing I learned very quickly from my rugby days you get an opportunity to be in a bigger pond, you take it, yeah. Rabbit. You, don't try, you don't you don't try to be about it you just sit down you shut up and you listen um, and I did that and that again spawned more relationships which have then I've learned from from there so it's,
2: it's
1: not always about the coaching it's also about getting some life experience with other coaches so not to name drop um, but <laughs> very lucky to work with Keith Morgan for quite a while with Lucy um, even so much I built a relationship with uh, uh, with Kaz he's mm-hmm. yeah, an interesting one learned a lot from him uh, christian mcphee I, I owe a lot to mm. christian um, he'll probably call me a sod, sod for saying that we all but, do but <laughs> christian very much put me um i can remember like, i'd done a load of coaching courses but i hadn't really started my courses yet and i get i sort of went up to sort of uh, the, the baller site signed in booked myself on for my level one eventually and uh, i got this, uh, this this text message going what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, if you're on my course. Why, why are you on my course? It's like, you know more than most people. And I'm like, well, I've got to do it for legal reasons. So it's like, yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of times. And to be honest, like, you know, if it wasn't for Christian, he wouldn't have introduced me to someone who I aspire to a lot is Mehmed. So mm-hmm. Mehmed Flitsov, who looks after me a little bit. He's a, he's got bigger mm-hmm. fish to fry with Speedy and some of the other athletes now, without a shout out. So I, I sort of bounce everything off of the men to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, my my lifting, as as everyone knows, I, I, I do call myself the painfully average weightlifter. Um, ironically, it's it is, it is painfully average, but um, in the masters scene I'm pretty handy. In the senior scene I'm I'm average. I mean I'm in, Last time I checked, I'm not going to count last year, but the year before I, I sat in the top ten for the supers. Um, so I mean as Supers we're like big rhinos or unicorns you just can't find us so when you do find yeah. them it's, it's a bit of a miracle so <laughs> got myself lucky but yeah uh, qualification awesome. for competitions wise I did qualify for the Masters uh, Europeans and Wells mm-hmm. last year but obviously that all went to pot no, that was that's, uh, that's a, little, a little bit about me
0: no that's brilliant and obviously uh, I, like you said with with Christian as well like Christian was the one that started me uh doing my level one and then passed me on to Adam and I learned from Adam and then now it's similar story to you with Alex was my first lifter and then she she was she just oh, got yeah. so much I know <laughs> she's just got so much bigger than me and I was like yeah she moved back to Chelmsford at that point and then she started getting coached by you and I was like yeah that's perfect because like it's sort of like the that natural kind of uh, it's it's a big thing, man. Yeah, because like I think
1: we—I I was talking. Well, I get like hear the clang when we talk about this. Like, um, me and Speedy were on um, Seb's podcast, and when we were mm-hmm. talking about the progression of lifters, three bits and pieces like that. And we—you get a lot of people that, for some reason, feel like they have to hold on to someone. It's like why? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you good at? Like, <laughs> like the things that I—I—I I, I really pride myself on is that I'm very—I'm very good with beginners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very good. I've got. Um, I, I've got. I'm starting to, and it's down to Mehmed. I'm getting a very, very good eye, uh, looking at things like that. I think Alex has been on the, on the back end of that eye once or twice, um, <laughs> with bits and pieces. But I'm not good at XYZ, but Speedy is. Mehmed yes. is. So it's kind of like we've got this sort of unwritten rule within the, within our sort of setup, and it's one that I've always sort of like. I touched on it a moment ago. Is like if you've got a lifter that's progressing too too much, and you and you're not ready. Let them go, but try to go on the journey with them.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. The time that you're going to, like, I say, if you two, if Alex keeps going the way she's going, and she should do, in two years' time, you don't know where she's going to be. She could be at a national training center. You've got no idea.
2: Yeah.
1: If you can be sort of like, can I just sit in the background and watch? Where's the heart? (laughs) (laughs) Because because you'll learn. It is as simple as that. Like I say, I'd just sit there with a notepad, or in Lucy's case, I had my iPad on, just constantly just – Yeah recording her bits with Keith and then going back and rewatching them and sort of taking on board his notes to her. So it was, yeah. um yeah, it's, it's one of those things, mate. Like I say, you, it's, it's funny how it all comes full circle sometimes.
0: Yeah. It's, it's funny as well. Cause uh, the interesting thing is like, obviously Alex being introduced to you and then I, I didn't know you at the time, but then I got introduced to you. And as a result, I've obviously learned, I've, I've met Chris, Chris Speed and loads of other coaches. And it's sort of like, if that hadn't have happened, where would you have ended up? Because, yeah. you know, it's it's not just a natural progression for your athlete. It's an opportunity to be able to, like, learn, but also meet other coaches, other athletes. And, like, yeah, it's not like that possessive sort of, no, these are my athletes, you stay away from them. I just, yeah. It's, it, I, uh, it's yeah. an odd one. You,
1: you do get it. I mean, like, it's one of the things I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got a – it's one of those things, it's – um. I've never met the guy, but I've been friends with him on uh, Instagram for the better part of four or five years now. <laughs> and he came to me a couple of what is about a month before Christmas, I think it was, or two months before Christmas, that sounds about right. And he was like, Look, I'm I'm so fucked off with this. I'm <laughs> like, right, baby, send me, send me a program, show me what you're doing. It goes, right, yeah, I can see what you've done. It is with respect a little cut and pasty. It's not very unique, it's not very unique to you. Mm. And I, I took him on as a because he's a friend as a as a as a project for me as well. <laughs> and and now he's lifting down at Atlas. Um, he's doing a lot of his training there under, under the eyes of Cyril and Dave. And obviously yeah. you've got Emily and you've got Sarah there and you've got some absolute killers. He's like, me allowing, not not allowing, but me understanding that, right, that's a good opportunity for him.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Not to be too, this is my lifter, you must fuck off. He's going <laughs> to come so No, like, that's Cyril. Like, Cyril is a goat. Within, within, yeah, British. yeah, Dave is an absolute goat within British weightlifting. I have no right to <laughs> even be in the same room as them, but I've had a conversation briefly over across, um, uh, funny enough, Instagram with Cyril. And I said, Look, really, really grateful for the stuff you've been doing with stew It's, um, it, it's been massively handy to me because, like, he's even much like as we've all had to adapt to online. Mm-hmm. It's hard because even though you are filming in 3D, you only see it in a certain way. You can't see the little tiny things. Cyril's just gone right. He needs to work on XYZ. I'm like, sweet, that's the best. Of, that's the yeah. best you have got. Stuart's fed me back information from Cyril and Dave. Right, we've adapted his program and he's gone on to snatch. Like a little in-house comp just before all this new clusterfuck turned up that we're going mm-hmm. through. Um, and he snatched 114 and clean and jerks 143. I think it was or 142. Oh, that's really good. Jiggy little fuckers lifting what I am, weighing about <laughs> four kilos less. He's, um, he's a hell of a lifter. And it's yeah. it, it's one of these things, again, you can work in conjunction with each other. Like, Alex would bounce things off me, not so much that I was coaching her. It was like, what do you think of this? Mm. Uh, right. In my opinion, it's kind of this way. But try this. If it works, it works. Tell Connor,
3: mm. and then
1: you two can play around with it. But it's, it's handy just to have... Each other's backs more Absolutely, than a, yeah. one, one thing i've noticed a little bit and i'm not i don't want to pick on powerlifting because i'm i'm seeing a much better side of powerlifting since i've been involved with ronin and yeah yeah and leah and people like that and the the crew down at built differently they, they've i had a very tainted view of powerlifters for quite a long time um but they they are very defensive and very bitchy whereas it seems like most weightlifters, you're just like, I've got your back, like, yeah, doing this a little bit wrong, as long as you approach it in the right manner and you're not being a
0: dick about it, like,
3: <laughs> yeah, perspective as well. Um, how long was I enchanted for? Probably like a year, almost two years. I think, it, think?
0: it was about two years, yeah, um, yeah, off and on, yeah.
3: I, I picked up, like, you know, so many things from, you know, just like training, you know, with you, Ian, from having you watch me, from you know, just discussing things. I think, you know, the more exposure you get two different coaches the more things you'll pick up because everyone has their own you know kind of coaching history and experience <laughs> and little tidbits and things to give so you know you can still have your kind of main coach like you know I think like, I get on with Conor really really well and he knows my kind of training background um what we're kind of moving towards it's like you know that's that's there that's that but that doesn't mean that yeah it doesn't mean that like you, you're just like locked in you know yeah
1: like... exactly exactly <laughs> it's having the open mind I think a lot of it is having an open view upon things and it's um, I can only say that I've probably sort of been experienced to one or two coaches who were very very defensive over air mm-hmm. lifters and other bits and pieces and I, and I when I dug deeper into it they were very wet behind the ears <laughs> so it was one of these things like in about a year's time, you're going to come up to me and go, "Yeah, you were right on that." And it's like, it's, just one, it's one of those things. But the, the majority of guys that have been in the game for long enough are also willing to. Another thing that like that got me, especially like the the generosity of certain coaches in this country, that is it's it's really missed on some people. Sort of like we all know how I've got to be careful the way I word this. How unseen our sport is. Um, the only reason a lot, a lot of the time people see our sport right now is for people who can't keep needles out of their bum. Um, so when you meet like the, when I met Giles for the first time, it's like I was working in Chomsford at the time. I found him on the Internet. I didn't know it was Giles Greenwood. I just knew it was Giles. This is Giles from Bethlehem Green. Yeah. So I, I, didn't, I forgot to ask when I was emailing, like, how much is for the session? And um, at the end of it, I go, right, how much do I owe you for this? And I had like a 150 quid in my wallet thinking this might be like a 50 quid PT session. I just didn't know. He goes, oh, just give me a fiver. I was like, what? Yeah, just give me a fiver. You. I was like, right, there's 20 quid. I'll be back every Friday for the next four weeks. <laughs> and then it was it was the same thing with Keith. Like when I went on did sessions with Keith, it was like, what, what do you want for today, mate? Because like, I took Lucy mm. up there. I was like, um, she's all right. You just 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 a fiver. I'm like... Well, like, they're like if Lucy's coming back for the next sort of two or three weeks, there's her money. So it's just one of these things. It's like these guys are just are fountains of knowledge, but they're also not trying to take the piss.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They're so giving with the information again, like Cyril's never met me face to face, but he's willing to just give me information like that. And I, I think that's that's a big thing. I think a lot of people sometimes look at this in the wrong thing that they're going to become a millionaire and you're not. <laughs> you're really
0: not. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're definitely in the wrong sport and the wrong industry t- to be able to make millions.
3: Yes. <laughs> but I, I think that's a
0: good point that you make because the landscape of weightlifting has changed entirely since when they were young coaches to now us, for example, being youngish coaches where this can now essentially be a livelihood for us where we can actually earn a decent living for it. Whereas back yeah. then, no way, everything was done it, it's it's very different like the landscape like it's, it's so different and and yeah. the introduction of online coaching as well has also aided the fact that oh yeah 100%. You can earn a, a decent living from it it's like if you um, do it well for example
1: oh yeah exactly i think if you've got if you've got the right concept and you've got the right business idea and the <laughs> and you can deliver a, a quality product it's there um yeah. i won't lie and I've, I've said this to chris when he approached me with it i was skeptical Mm-hmm. I was very sceptical. I thought I can't see how online is going to work. But then when I dipped my toe in it, I was pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. There's so many different apps out there that you can use to communicate with your clients and the bits and pieces that made it a lot, lot easier. I was yeah. thinking I was just going to get given a list of clients and it was just going to be like my phone just constantly going off with WhatsApp. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it really did open up like that. And the, a cool thing is if you do look at it from a, a slightly different perspective and it, it gives you examples of like how, the new school is taking over from the old school. Like, we all work really well in conjunction with each other. Mm. If you look at it, if you look at it in London at the moment, or let's say London and a little bit I cover a bit southeast and stuff like that, and I can drop people like Aaron in with that, with uh, fitness performance and stuff like that. We all get on. We we mm. all sort of mingle in with each other and everything like that. Even so much so that I've got clients of mine that train in the London strength sessions. Mm-hmm. And Christian gives me feedback on that lifter. <laughs> so yeah. it's like she's in there doing my, my programming in a London Strength open session within Gymbox. Yeah, but it's fine. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and that's yeah. something I, I like to. I pride myself on the fact being that we've we've built these relationships with people that it's not an issue. Those lifters can come and train if they want to. Like you'd, I don't think you two have been yet, which is very naughty. Not yeah. because you would love it. But the, a Friday night at BD or a Saturday afternoon at built differently. Is just something I have never and I and I hate to kind of put the, the one next to the other because it's not, it's kind of like this is here and we're here, but it gives you that kind of cow strength max out Friday lunacy, like yeah. going off. Like you've got Chris Jamal, me on a platform, me just trying to keep up with those two. You've got the girls just going at each other and just like. I've never, I've never seen a much a more positive environment to lift in, and then in conjunction with it, you've got the powerlifters just doing what Insane. I can describe as retarded things. <laughs> in, in, in like you just sit there going, how much was that? Sorry, <laughs> that was just shot 400 kilos. he just deadlifted it like that. Yeah, jog on. It's like it's just it's it's such a, a mad little atmosphere that. Mm. So it's I think it's testament to sort of the the coaches that have grown up. At the same time me christian a handful of others we're all kind of like we understand it's going to take all of us to keep lifting this sport yeah not individual Absolutely. battles or team versus this or that versus that it's all very much trying to sort of like being together and when you've got when you do think of london it is huge I mean, it's like it's it is and it isn't do you know what i mean it's <laughs> if you do think about it from a weightlifting perspective it's not that big very few weightlifters a few clubs this that and the other but in the past they were very much separated but now we, we kind of all con- all sort of lift together and sort of function together quite well. Yeah. When, if I did if I did hit a brick wall and I needed someone, I know I could call Christian. So mm. it's, it's that. So it's, it's it's a nice a, a nice little community that we've built up there. So yeah, which you guys are now coming into even more so about as well. Indeed, yeah. 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 I think, well, you
3: know, all, you know, there's not there wasn't any money in the sport previously. So you know, all of these kind of you know the old guard, you know, the really kind of top coaches and you know they're they've been in the sport and they've remained in the sport because they love it you know they're not they're not out they're out of it because they want you know to see the most out of their athletes and they want to see the most out of the sport you know not for financial reasons or ego or you know anything like that and it's like kind of as a result you've got such a kind of good community because the people who are in it are not in it for them like for the money they're in it no. because they no. just fucking lovely
1: well, trust me, if, I, if i was if i was in this for the money i would still be doing my dead-end boring archiving job at a big London law firm and being miserable that's me like I would quite happily be on furlough right now <laughs> sitting on my ass scratching myself doing nothing then what I'm literally having to like not not to sing the sob story because I know you guys are probably going through the same thing especially Connor to a certain extent it's I like, you, you do it because you love it and it's it's, it's one of these weird things you just you, you put up with a lot of other shite because of this love of this possibly the weirdest sport
0: I've ever got involved in <laughs> yeah when you try to exp- yeah, but on, uh, for us has been a lot a lot slower than say you guys because obviously we don't do a lot of the online coaching and really we've we've only had the opportunity to sort of coach people from from a Saturday. But I- I- even then, like I, I still am <clears> bewildered <throat> as to like how we've managed to, to to build a club into something that it is after doing well, one session yeah. a week and it's great.
1: The thing is, like, I'm not with you guys because it's like you not to put into sort of comparisons. You guys have basically followed a very similar path how I did with Chumps of Barbell before. I was kind of with that first lockdown, Chumps of Barbell, which was my which is my little thing. Yeah, kind of it, it shrunk massively just due to the nature of the first lockdown. And then I left the gym that I was I was using for the facility for that and wasn't really able to get things kick started again. Uh, just due to the nature of, like, coming out of lockdown one and then within a couple of months going back into lockdown two yeah. and so on and so on and like that. But you guys have allowed your club to very naturally grow. And because of that, that's what I kind of done with Chumsford. It started off with one or two people and I sort of scratched my head going, oh, shit, this isn't going to work. <laughs> then all of a sudden, it's like another lifter out of nowhere turns up. Then another lifter out of nowhere turns up. Mm. And then they bring their mate and then, like... I started to work out, because believe it, I don't know if most people know, because I know I, I, I joked about it earlier on that how beautiful I am. I'm very old <laughs> to a certain extent to YouTube. I'm far too close to 40, and it's very annoying because I can't recover from anything anymore. Um, the I got, I got my head around Instagram. I got mm-hmm. my head around how to push posts in the right direction, and Facebook I never really got my head around because it was just pointless, but I, social media, to a certain extent, allowed me to push advertising without it looking like advertising yeah and then my presence grew and grew and grew and it's a very similar sort of system that you guys have done like not copied but sort of a similar sort of structure where you guys built uh I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, to a certain extent, it's like, because I remember every time I spoke to Alex about coming down, which I really regret, I never did now, it was like, you you pushed the social side of things, which when she was talking about it, it's like, right, this sounds like my old rugby days, where it was about lifting, but it was also, right, let's go get a beer. Mm -hmm. And that in itself, you create a community, and next thing you know, you've got 25 lifters.
3: Yeah. I remember some of those early sessions, and, you know, one week you might get five people, one week you just get two people, Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you know. But you, you carried on going because, again, like, you know, for us talking about the money, we just like, we did some coaching, we chatted some shit and then we went out and got some coffee and, you know, just carried on chatting and, you know, yeah. you kind of... Coffee. You
1: have a- <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah. two you know, o'clock in the um,
1: afternoon and Alex is sloshed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> if it, if I, Alex I mean, had, had that away, it would be beer. Yeah. But um but how you guys have
1: grown. It's, 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 a, yeah. it's a nice thing to see and that's the thing. It's like, I built like what I did just off that. And then because of that presence, when I came to Ronin, it it brought me and me as me as a product. And then our Mm -hmm. guys will buy more into you guys as a product because they're seeing that. And that's why you guys will, you're better to grow slowly than to all of a sudden explode on the scene and then lose everyone because you're not ready to take on a a shite load of clients. It's like one of the big reasons Chris reached out to me is he was struggling trying to just get his day-to-day done. He needed someone to come in and relieve him of some mm-hmm. clients take on some movies, and then it's because we we grew very, even though like we're up to what we've got, to, it's we grew very slowly. So we yeah. could we could be our quality of product could be so high that we retained people. So even like during the lockdowns, it's like right, our clients believe in us, like our lifters believe in us. So it's like they they're all loyal. Like so, we had a very a very small like loss rate throughout the entire thing as well, which is good. So.
3: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because it's like you know, we found that people like you know they come to the sessions because they want to do weightlifting, but then it's like you know the fact that they know that their friends going to be there, yep. or that there's going to be a social afterwards, mm-hmm. or there's some big event to look forward to, and that's kind of what was we found was driving the loyalty. Yep. And like kind of as a result, it's like you you know your customer attention just goes through the roof, and you know mm-hmm. people who would come like maybe you know every so often just to kind of like keep fit, and you know are now there without fail every weekend, and yep. it's just like. No, they're there for the weightlifting, but they're not
1: really. Yeah, yes. it's, 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 it's the same for me for rugby. It was like it got a point where like, I was so broken, I wasn't going to make it any further. And it's not me getting smashed out of my head on a rugby pitch that was getting me to go to training or anything like that. It was me actually going to the bar afterwards and seeing my mates.
2: Yeah, it's, it's
1: one of those things sometimes it's just the yin to the yang. Some people like it, became, it can become about both. And then the one thing, like not to be too soppy, I think that we're all going through right now, we are all craving social inter- interaction at some level right now. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I, I have this, I've seen a lot of people like moaning and like this, now I'm like, look, the, the, the kickback to this is, is like when we came out of that first lockdown, we lit. We, we just took on so many people. It was silly. Mm-hmm. So Because people are like, I want to get back in lift. I want to get back in train. I, my, my PT sessions peaked because like people wanted to catch up. I can very much see a similar thing happening again. And then this, yeah it then just driving its way back up again and hopefully touch wood, like that's the last time we have to go through the shite. Yeah, well, let's
3: hope so. because We were really kind of after the first lockdown, we really weren't sure like how many people we'd have back at the sessions, What some people, you know, having gone home or, you know, just falling, you know, kind of off the train as well. And uh, not fully booked, like immediately.
1: Yeah. And, um, people want to yeah. interact. It's one of these things that the lifting can sometimes be the, 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 the number two thing to what's going on. <laughs> right Especially yeah. when it's like, we are not so much me now because I am in the twilight of my lifting <laughs> competition phase. Um, but when you've got no comps to go towards, it's yeah. uh, you need to find something to sort of bite your teeth into. And sometimes that's just the social interaction of being around people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we're all in the same. This is the other, the other thing that I can like comparing like, rugby, I was having coffees with half decent teams. That's only the only way I describe it. Um, you're in the suck together and the suck is the yeah. same. Do you know what I mean it's like we we all know what squatting's like. We all know what the shit show is like. We all we all hate accessories. People that like them, I think, have got issues, and I think you're one of them, Alex. You like <laughs> accessories too. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: um,
1: but a bit like jokes aside, it's like it's just one of those things. It's just I think the, the the one thing that's going to come out of this more for most of the lifting clubs, I think, in in London and the rest of the country, it's just going to be the social interaction for a little while till baller. And it's not a dig, because I, I saw something, like, I don't want to cause controversy too much, but I saw that Baller launched their new set of online comps. And it's like, mate, we're in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to be a, a Debbie Downer here, but hardly anyone's going to be able to train for these. Yeah. It's like using from national competition. I said, I can't see me throwing up a Masters level qualifier for the Worlds of the Europeans this coming year. All if I can do is literally pull and squat. Yeah. I can't up yeah. a barber in yeah. the garden. So it's um, it's it, again that's a side note. They need to keep money coming through. So yeah, but yeah, I think it's going to be a big a big drive from social side of a social interaction side of things. In my, opinion. So I just want to train with people. This is it's like I'm already what two and a half weeks into this like this current lockdown, three weeks into it, and I'm like, well, if you're in if you're in tier four like we were, what that was the week before Christmas, the week after Christmas, and now we're into this. So by the end of it, we would have gone through like an eight or nine week lockdown by the sounds of things so it's like I just I just crave to crave just like being back in a gym and just seeing someone else that lifts things instead of of me looking at squirrels dancing over my fence and honestly I was I was squatting the other day I think I had not not to fucking flex it I had 200 on my back just came out the bottom of the squat and it's like if I could flip and show you I would like where my squat rack or squat setup sets my next door neighbor's fence there was a squirrel just sat there on the fence staring at me i'm not here for your amusement mate i've got to put this back in a rack just racked it and it was like a little stare off between me and the squirrel it was
0: very surreal that's very funny so first question then just to sort of jump off the back of what you were saying not, not about the squirrel but um yeah so one of our one of our lifters this came in like 30 minutes before before um the podcast but i thought it would be a, a perfect one so is it safe to train outside in the cold? Just to sort of expand on that, like for example, doing a really thorough warm up, or is it potentially bad for the muscles, especially with weight in between sets? Um, this is my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of these things, it's like
1: my it's, it's, it's difficult to answer that question fully without understanding what his program is right now and if he's he or is it a guy or a girl? Is also a female, yeah. So, so what she's what she's doing or what you've got her doing. I mean, if I use me an example, it's like, even though I have a setup, I'm limited. So
2: yeah,
1: I was lucky in the first lockdown that I, I had a friend who sorted me out a load of flooring and bits and pieces so I could in theory lift to like a medium level and drop weights and not worry about like missing a squat and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and for some weird reason, we had the nicest spring into summer that I've ever seen in my entire life, so much that I got a tan, which is unheard of because I'm a Scot believe it or not from this accent you're hearing right now um so that was one thing but the, the cold i try to sort of if I, if i look, give you an example of my programming right now i'm just focusing on one or two things and trying to keep the sessions as short as possible mm-hmm. i'm i'm not gonna make leaps and bounds and gains in my lifting right now because of the limitations of me not being able to lift the weight over my head and dump it that's that's of a high enough percentage for me to get something out of. I mean, as Alex knows, and as you know, I train a Bulgarian-ish way. I call it more max effort training. I'm limited on that, but I can do pulls to the to, to like to death. I can do squats to death. So it's one of these things now. So I look at it as I come in, I do a squat variation, I do a pull variation, and I do a strength variation of what I'm working on for that day. And I try to limit my rest time to sort of two to three minutes in between. Um, Some people are very lucky that they are training outdoors and it's only just cold. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got a cover or they're in a garage. I'm in the open air. I get rained on three, four times. For me, I'm used to that. It harps back to rugby days. I just try to be safe. But as you're getting cold, I just staying within your limitations, don't be stupid, listen to the program. Shorter rest periods will keep you warmer, keep things firing. If you take too long, you are gonna get cold and you will get stiffer. It is yeah. it is inevitable. So back where like Alex would be in complete shock that I would be doing like one lift every six minutes back in the day. Um that's very much it's it's very much gone out the window now. It's very much now like, right. To Give you a funny example, like my, my Christmas Day workout, squats and shots, that was a 35 minute workout all the way up to 205 for a triple on a back squat. And I was literally taking a couple of minutes rest in between each set because it was just too cold. Yeah. So it's it's just about I, I would sort of round that off by saying time management and limiting mm-hmm. limiting yourself to the elements as much as humanly possible. If yeah. you are indoors and you're in a in a garage, like uh, you're fine. Just just suck it up a little bit if you're outdoors and you've got a covering that's a slightly different thing if you're outdoors you haven't got a covering that's a slightly different thing but I think it's just common sense just just yeah. keep don't sit down that's, that's a weird one I tried the other day I was like I took my chair and put it to one side and I was like right I'm not going to sit down through this <laughs> yeah, do that set, set a two minute timer straight back in two minute timer straight back in on my yeah. it was it was a very different like I'm not used to that I liked Alex knows I like to sit.
3: So um, <laughs> I
1: think we all do. <laughs> yeah, so like to take that out of the way, it was it was good. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's hard. Like I so it's depending on the workouts. I've I've got someone who doesn't mind training outside, I've got them doing EMOMs.
2: Yeah.
1: It's mm. like I had a one of my clients, he's um the, the CrossFit box he was training out of only had an outdoor facility for them to use at the time. And he's like, right, I need to get this done in an hour. I said, Well, welcome to the EMOM train. So we do three sets of emoms and then you can go and it's as simple as that and it's also yeah. managing expectation in this current environment as well. Yeah. From a from a, a coach's perspective to a lifter it's like we can't like you may not be able to push your lifts so what can we push? There's no harm in doing like I don't know if, like <clears throat> you may have seen my post from yesterday I like I, I I dragged my 32 kilo kettlebell out and I absolutely destroyed myself. Yeah. So there's there's literally no harm in throwing something in that isn't completely left field. I mean, if Speedy Speedy had his way, he'd have me doing box jumps, sprints, all things like that, with the argument that it's not going to do me any harm. I'd argue it might kill me. But, like, (laughs) um, right now it's just have an open mind to trying a few new things because it's – the other thing is if you're training on your own as well, um, it can be fucking soul-destroying, especially if you're cold and you're wet and you're not used to it. So it's Mm -hmm. – keep the rest periods as short as you can. Keep moving. Stay warm. If you can get a heater, get a heater. Hmm. Do you know what I mean like they,
2: duvet,
1: it? duvet? I've seen that. I can't. I, I I think you you may know the girl better than I do. um Is it Maxine? Yeah, yeah. Like her her uh, her TikToks and stuff of her training, her Instagram of her training is hilarious. In in a, in a nice way, it's like you just see her there in the in whatever courtyard she's in in a quilt. It's just yeah. like. I get you. Bro. It's like I train with this old uh, rugby jersey that a uh, rugby for, for I've got. Like the other day, I was like layered up underneath this, just just working away. It's like, you just you do what you can do. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's one of those things. So,
0: yeah. Hopefully, yeah. I answered that all right. <laughs> no, no, that was I, that was perfect. I don't have anything to add to that. And obviously, it's perfect that you came on as well because I I don't train outside, so I'm lucky enough to have a basement downstairs and. I'm lucky man, <laughs> mate. I know. Honestly, very lucky. And Alex is just squatting and pressing at home because yeah,
3: she's floors, which on the floors, but you like, know. Like, yeah,
1: simplicity is is probably key right now. Um, yeah, just just to just to keep. Again, it's one of these things. It's like right, I'm going to be throwing in some really odd shit over the next couple of weeks. Number one, I'm bored. Number two, I'm limited, so it's a case of like, I, would, I don't know if you ever met him. He's um, he's a, he's a absolute like, he's a, a little yoda in the powerlifting world to me. I called um, never trains legs on Instagram. His name's mm. Ash. Trains out a build differently. He is Mr. Conjugate. Like, he he lives and breathes Westside to a to a level that I live and breathe anything to do with the world. Bulgaria <clears throat> takes it to an extreme. So um, later today after this, I'll be warming up and doing box squats.
0: Yeah. yeah, just to things like,
1: up. Yeah, just to like to change, like chucking the kettlebells in. It's just going to change things up and like get a different response. Like my hamstrings haven't hurt like this in God knows how long. That's a good thing. Yeah. So, like, do yeah, you know I mean? Absolutely. Like, it's just being able to chuck a few different things in. Like, I've got my um, I'm lucky enough that I've got my Aliko blocks, and hopefully the rain hasn't rushed them too much. That I may try some jumping. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to do anything that's um going to cause me any problems.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What's, the, what's no. the next question? Anything exciting? Next question. Um, let me just pull it up. So this is from Prince. I think this is a bit of a joke question, but I want to see where it goes. Okay. So is it worth swapping out the snatch for the split snatch? And what are your thoughts?
3: <laughs> oh, this is Prince. 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 So, oh, have this. you ever met?
0: You've met Prince before, Ian, right? Yeah, so, I believe I have. Yeah. yeah. Um, nice guy.
1: Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Made me think quite a lot. Yeah. Right. Split snatch versus the snatch, as I, <laughs> I call it, or as someone else would call it, the squat snatch. Who's, uh, snatch. Who needs, needs to be fucking shot. Um, <laughs> the split snatch from, from, is a very historical lift. It was obviously from back in the day. And there's a lot of arguments to do it for different conditioning reasons, and it can cross over into X, Y, Z. But if you've ever tried it, it's a clusterfuck. Uh, honestly, <laughs> yeah. it's... it's it's hard enough and i know know alex likes to do her little drawings on the floor to teach people how to jerk it's hard enough to do footwork like that but then to catch a bar with a wide grip and then all of a sudden you're now you're now (laughs) a triangle with any kind of weight and i see people do it and i think it's 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 an amazing party trick now but i think in this day and age you would either power or false full snatch um the only time I've seen the split snatch come in is in the masters divisions, where people are massively limited on their mobility. Yeah, um, and I, even, even I would, I would push people. I've I've had, a, like, I've coached a lot of masters lifters. It's sort of one of my other strings to my bow, um, and I've, I've I've pushed them away from a split snatch to a power snatch because I still argue that the landing in a, a feet side by side situation is always going to be more. You're going to be more balanced. There's less, less, less chance you're going to screw something up and end up doing what I call a Michael Flatley River Dance recovery <laughs> from a kind of jerk position. And then you've got that wide grip. It's just, I've tried it once or twice. I think I got up to like 90 kilos once and it scared the life out of me. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: I, I think it's like so traditionally, I think it's one of these things that have been all take the jokes away is masters lifters tend to do it more. Um, mm. It's a hell of a skill set to learn. Yeah. It is like it's it, it, when you do try it. It is a very, it's a very different kind of movement, and it's like, which is kind of like motion no but it, it really is. It's, it's it kind of it plays havoc with the head. So yeah. I would, unless it's like a massive mobility issue where there's just like no matter how much you try, you're not going to win that battle. I mm-hmm. would personally push people over to powers that are awful as much as humanly mm-hmm. possible because I know you're going to get more bang for your buck out of that, and the, the risk versus reward is less. It's kind of like the squats, it's it's kind of like the the squat jerk versus the split jerk. It's like, it's, it's high risk, high reward, or it's like somewhere sat in the middle where you're going to be able to recover stuff, especially for the split jerk as well, because you've got a kind of, you can't catch it as low because you'll just never recover out of it. Have you seen those old school pictures with the lifters who are literally like, yep. oh, yeah. excuse my, my, my phrase, their nuts are literally touching the floor.
0: Me skinning like, the floor, yeah.
1: You, you, like I, You see that picture and you're like, right, he's got 140 kilos over his head, but that's impressive, especially with, like metal plates back then. You're like, how did he recover? <laughs> I cannot mechanically work out how he <laughs> recovered from that. Where's the video? I want to see the video of this almost splits. And then what he he just literally slowly slid it? I don't, I just look at it and there's no mechanical way he's got up. Yeah. That was a mislift. That's a fault. I took it at the right point and it went wrong. But again, it's an interesting one, but me personally, I wouldn't use it. I would push towards powers unless it is, like I say, a severe case of someone's ankles and sort of hips are so locked up, you've got no other choice. As yeah. Yeah, a last resort, Prince, give it a go. See See what you think. Go again, Prince. don't give it a go. It's, it's one of these things, it's also like, I, I try to give, it's one of the things that coaches, is an interesting one, when someone comes to you with an idea, <laughs> I, I sit there and I'm like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> like, okay, have you tried it? They're like, no. I said, well try it and then let me know how it goes. And then you hear a crash and a bang and you're like, oh shit, that was stupid. I'm like, right, <laughs> so we can move on now. <laughs> but then sometimes I've heard, like I've seen people do stuff, like Lucy, for example, like she hated split jerks. Yeah. She was like she, she was an ex gymnast and parkour player, I'm not too sure what the right term is for someone who runs away from the police. Um That's what Christian did, mate. He just teaches kids to run away from the police Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, jokes aside, I'm only joking, Christian. <laughs> um she she moved like I I've, I've never seen anyone move like no 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 bullshit. The girl was gifted like mobility-wise. I remember I'd, I'll have to send this the, the lift to you, but I was when I was working in London she sent me a video of her snatching. And i can only describe it as you know the michael jackson picture when he's like literally on the top of his toes and they've got that thing and he's done that's how she caught the snatch she got she only weighed like 42 43 kilos i think she had like 50 kilos over her head she is the bottom of a squat i mean literally asked the grass on her toes she caught (laughs) the tip of the toes stopped paused for a number (laughs) of seconds and then just went, just like, I think Alex has heard me shout, this is enough people It's like, my, my favorite thing is to like, sit the fuck down. Is the fact being too many people rush out of snatches too soon. Mm. She got so used to me sitting there, she just paused, held herself, and then just dropped her heels down and stood it up like it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> come, back, come back to her jerking, like, she would squat jerk.
0: Mm. And
1: I remember the first competition we took her to Bethnal Green, she squat jerked and the whole place lost their shit.
0: Yeah.
1: We were like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it was, it was just it was it was outstanding yeah. so it's like one of these things it's high risk high reward it's just one of these things it's like give it a go there's no a lighter weight it's not going to do you any harm it might even improve your jerk technique with your footwork you never know there could be a little bit of crossover there but for a snatch i i would go back towards powers if he's thinking about trying to switch his technique up
0: yeah <laughs> I think,
3: um, Yeah, with Keely it was interesting because like you know we're trying to she was a kind of came to us as a beginner and, you know, trying to teach her, obviously, you know, the split jerk is your kind of introduction to the clean and jerk. And, um, you know, very soon she developed, it was whenever she was pressing overhead, she just gets shooting pains up her up her arms. And we're just trying to, because, you know, she eventually kind of developed a sort of fear of jerking because she yeah. knew that it was going to hurt. And, um, and so split jerk was just like, whatever, we just couldn't figure out what was going on here. Same issue with the power jerk. And uh, and we we were just messing about. I, it was Prince. Prince was doing some squat jerks naturally. <laughs> of course he was. The most mobile man on the planet. Yeah, Keely, why
0: don't he, you give that
3: a crack? And is she he does. you one, one of your
0: lookers
1: that just like likes to fuck around with everything, you see something,
0: it's like, ooh. So what he does, this is what so he does it very cleverly. He 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 kind of he he looks at you and then he'll ask, like, can I do a split snatch or like can I try this? And then you'll just look at him and he knows like that's the look. No, you fucking can't. Yeah. He's he's gonna do it anyway, so you we might as well just go. Is it gonna hurt you? No. Yes. Fine. Just do it.
1: I got I got lifters like that. that like to sneak this for me. It's not so much they know not to to push that one with me because I'll just get angry and I won't talk to them. So I just get a look <laughs> and I'll just go sit down. Like one of my lifters, Fran, bless her. I think I think you met Fran a couple oh, of times. I love Fran. yeah. Yeah. She, she was like, "Can I do this?" And I just go and sit down. And she's like, "Why are you not talking to me?" I'm like, "Stop <laughs> watching." Stop watching hook grip, stop watching ATG, right? You are not a 48 kilo Italian weightlifter. (laughs) You're Italian, you're you're a couple of weight classes above. Stop worrying about it, Fran. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So what did you say? She went on to do a squat joke and no pain.
3: It was basically like, cause we were kind of gearing up, you know, towards her first competition. And you know, it was actually for the first time of attempting to watch it wasn't terrible. I was like, okay, well, I guess if we can only do this, then this is what we're gonna stick with.
1: Yeah, so you I, get things like that where like little things are coming, like obviously like I, I would be looking further down the chain to see what's going on there with her upper yeah. back. It's probably a pinched nerve or yeah. she, she may not be internally or externally rotating her shoulders properly. That's obviously yeah. causing some sort of cock up here. Um, but yeah it's, it's it's a weird thing like to give you a funny story if you speak to Mehmed about the same thing is like i think he was i hope he'll correct me if i'm wrong but i know i know the story but i don't know what comp it was either a junior worlds or a junior europeans or seniors and his coach comes up to him i think it was literally the day before going right we're now power jerking oh. <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> At international competition he's like huh we're training now you're power jerking and he, he literally had a day to get from split jerks to, to power jerks, like, and which he then went on to make, to literally master to a level that just still defies my understanding of the sport. <laughs> you people like him who was like most people are a little bit small compared to me. I'm a bit of a lump, but mem at 69 kilos snatched 152 and clean and jerked 192. Christ,
0: so,
1: which is just like when you actually meet him, you're like, huh? yeah, heiny. So, but the guy is just so strong, it's scary. But again, like. Sometimes a curveball will come in and it for some weird reason, it works.
2: Mm.
1: And it's just one of things, roll with it. Yeah, again, roll with it, it, yeah. it falls into the category of it, like for her to say to me that she's she's more scared of a split jerk than a squat jerk, I would be like, sit down, shut up, have a coffee. That's like, you're, you're mad.
3: Oh Yeah, no, it, it wasn't like, you know, just in once and... No, yeah. we, we looked through it, we talked through it and it was just something that was like kind of progressively getting worse. And yeah. then, you know, we carried on Squat jerking, but then also including the split wherever we could in the training because I still wanted to push that naturally. Yeah. And on after a while, it kind of resolved itself. I found like you know, cool. a lot of beginners they they have their weird works you know. Yeah, we and um, on the
1: squat jerk actually strengthened the shoulder isometrically, and it probably solved the issue.
3: There you go. So <laughs> you know, I'm just back back split jerking now. Back in Australia, so
1: yeah. but, um, it's always an interesting one where you, you get thrown a curveball like that, and all of a sudden, like it's weird how you find how one thing sorts out something else. It's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's very sort of like circular, a lot of this comes back on itself. Mm. You yeah, know, it, interesting one. I look forward to seeing something on Instagram of him split jerking, uh, split jerking now. <laughs> he's, got do, he's got to do both. He
3: can't, <laughs> can't do two
1: ones. Who's this? Oh, for Prince. I, I look forward to seeing
0: him doing it on Instagram. Oh, or something. I'm not going to let him do that.
3: I'm not gonna <laughs> him do that. <laughs> We're not reposting that. <laughs>
0: I'm happy to let him try, but he's—he's he's not. I'm not letting him push it. All right. So this is a this is another one that that would be uh, could probably good for you as well, Ian. That or that all three of us can get into. Um, so someone that we don't actually know that submitted a question. Uh, it's called Coach Underscore um, oh, J D K. I think do, that's Jordan? I oh, know Jordan. Jordan.
3: Jordan. So I didn't find his name on his profile. Jordan. He's not got it anywhere. So. Oh really?
0: Yeah. So. Um, could you do anything? Hold one sec. Could you do nothing else other than snatch and clean a jerk and still make progress? No squats and deads, for example.
3: Oh, that's an interesting. Oh. Right.
0: <coughs> Buckle in. Um, Ian
3: oh, because, I... like, <laughs> yeah.
1: specificity. Christ, I said that word right the first time. Right. We are We are a very specific sport like the sport is snatch, the sport is clean and jerk. So it's kind of like if you look at it from a perspective of if you play basketball, you practice basketball. Mm-hmm. Anything you do outside of basketball is accessory work to hopefully improve you for basketball. Mm-hmm. But if you were to take um, with my brief time I've spent with people that put themselves in the, uh, the elite s world, like, a lot of the time, if you, if you, if you look at like top, top, um, you, look at some, you look at some football soccer players to a certain extent and everything like that, a lot of their, historically, they've been very scared of letting athletes do anything else apart from football. Because mm-hmm. if you break someone that's worth 30, 40 million pounds, we can't have them making money for us on the weekend. So if you look at it from a top down perspective, a lot of, at, historically, a lot of sports have been nervous of letting people do anything apart from their specific sport if that makes sense. Do we kind of agree on that
0: to a certain... To a certainty? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I still get that working with Tottenham. Like, some of the stuff that I do with the girls is not in line with what the first team would do. And I'm like, well,
2: the but the thing I'm not going to you, do you've it, so. got,
0: When you've got... I think one of them is, like, when you've got,
1: like, LeBron James, <laughs> he's already doing everything right to be where he's at. Yeah. What are you going to do that's going to improve the world's best basketball player? <laughs> so I, I, know, I know I'm attacking this top-down, but it'll make sense in a second. Um, so it's one of these things and like I've, I know Mike uh, at lower Had a similar problem when he was dealing with a couple Of people from Arsenal um, And I've, I've seen it with bits and pieces So to kind of come full circle To this, like if you take the Abijayev Model of the Specificity of the Bulgarian programme As I understand it, and from what I spoke To Mehmed, is the more You got closer to the national squad To try and sort of like not go down A rabbit hole with this, the more specific It got so if you speak to Mehmed about the, the training program he'd done back at, let's say, almost like a county or a, a township base, he was pushing maximal work, but it was within doubles, triples, fours, fives, blocks, hangs, so on and so on. He, he was coming in at the end of where Abijayev wasn't really the flavour of the month, but his programming was still being kind of utilised. The closer you got to those national training meets, the more specific you got towards the snatch, the cleaner jerk, and so on and so on if you're taking an athlete that is in the 1% of lifters and has been in the, the system from the start and their technique is absolutely flawless with the weights that they are throwing around, there could be a good argument being very specific and only using snatch and cleaning jerk. And I think I was listening to a podcast with Dave Spitz on it and he, I don't know if you guys know the history of how strength and Abajayev, they brought him over. There's yeah. some really funny, funny podcasts about, Abajay of like mixing stuff in a toilet sink or toilet bowl to get the lifters to take, which, they, which Dave Spitz walked in on and was like, don't drink that uncle mate. Cause they used to call him uncle. Um, uncle's made that in the toilet. So yeah. it's like that. He even like supposedly he also wanted to get uh, Spitz to get him a goat, which they were going to starve at the end of the garden because it had some hormonal response that you could then kill the goat and feed the lifters and the, get the hormones in the meat. Honestly, the, the, the <laughs> cow, the cow straight, his podcast I'll have to—I don't know if it was with Seb or if it was someone else, but there's a, I'll try and find it and let you guys know. But it was—I yeah. was crying with laughter. <laughs> I believe it. So to come back, like it's um, that was supposedly his next step, like the third generation of the Bulgarian program. I think when he first came in, it was like much like a Russian system where they were doing a lot of complexes, a lot of this, a lot of that, and he kind of stripped like ninety percent of it away and went like, right, we snatch, we clean and jerk, we squat, we pull. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of took its natural progression. But with respect, I think this is Jordan. And with respect to Jordan, where he is within his lifting career, not a hope in hell, um, in in a positive way, because he still has so much more to learn and to gain. And if you look at it on the journey of his lifting, he is very much in an intermediate stage, whereas something like being that specific is only something you're going to really do with lifters that are hardened, trained Mm -hmm. individuals, because... If you're only going to do snatch and cleaning jerk, you're going to have to do a very high percentage of snatch and cleaning jerk. As as we know, like we could go down the prelipin's chart and all that, blah, blah, blah. You're going to have to train at such a high percentage to keep your strength levels at an optimum level for you to be effective.
2: Yeah.
1: Like even though we use squats as an assistance exercise, it it can help you sort of like stay in shape to lift. These guys are elite. And that's the difference. I don't think it's something that you can – you can sort of do at an intermediate or beginner level. There's too many other, you're throwing too many other balls. It's like, mm-hmm. you, you have to be in my in my opinion of an elite level just to do that. Because like if you, if you take even like one of our look like at someone like um, Owen. So mm-hmm. if, if Owen was gonna take that, his his daily system would be two or three training sessions a day. Either I would say it wouldn't when you when you say specifically snatch cleaning jerk, it would probably be like morning session powers up to a maximum, um, afternoon session, snatch up to a maximum, cleaning jerk evening session up to a maximum, and then like that almost five to six days a week. Mm-hmm. Just uh, another thing you have to remember as well, there's like you're gonna pay a price for that as well. Absolutely. Anyone who's done a like a max effort sort of training and a thing like that. I mean, to give you, to give you an example, like I spent if we look at sort of like the last couple of phases of my training, it and was, it was quite interesting to sit down with speed and go over this. is like, after the second lockdown, no, after the first lockdown, I was on a, for me, on an absolute high. Yeah. Sorry, motorbike. Yeah, sorry. In the summer or the spring doing uh, Travis Mash's squat everyday program, which then was alongside a shitload of pulls and some very, very light work. Came out of that lockdown and I had done so much GPP for the three months that I then went into one of my normal peaking phases for the European uh, Masters. That's when I went into sort of my max effort work. I paid a price for that at the end of it. My body was in bits. Yeah. With respect to me being 39, I, I snatched 125 weighing, I think it was like 1, 118 or 117 or something. It was probably the lightest have been in a long while. <laughs> and I made light work of it. But Because I pushed things so hard, I was in bits. When I started to do the same process for the cleaning jerk, I was picking up niggles left, right, and center. So it's one of these things. If you're going to use that kind of specific level of training to a high intensity, you then have to have everything that comes with it. You're going to have to see a physio. You're going to have to do recovery. You're going to have to eat. You're going to have to sleep. And if you're missing even one or two of those little parts out of that, it ain't going to work.
0: Absolutely. But the only yeah.
1: reason I got away with what I did during as an as a older athlete was the fact being that I could literally roll out <laughs> of my bed, eat, squat, go back to bed. Yeah. I, I, I would honestly, I was sleeping so much, it was crazy. I, at, the, at the time, I had an eye watch and I was recording it, and I was sleeping like six to seven hours more than I was when I was working. Wow. So you yeah. put yourself straight into like I like to laugh and joke at people like the Games chamber like you, as soon as you're sleeping you're fixing you're repairing mm-hmm. so if you eat right you sleep right and you train right you suddenly see stuff my squats went through the roof yeah so it's, it's, it's one of these things it's it's not just as simple as doing snatch and clean and jerk and power snatch and power clean and power jerk there's a lot more to it and I, like I say it's it's one of these things it's like it would have been interesting to see Abajayev try it with a, a Bulgarian system or some elite lifters but I think you'll probably find a lot of them would have pissed hot as well. Yeah, because it's I don't I don't think it's something you could do effectively unless you're on medicine. <laughs> uh, uh, if, if, yeah. if we're talking elite level, yeah, so, yeah, but, um, There's nothing wrong with throwing a Bulgarian phase in for people. Two or three weeks of logical max effort work is is something I think everyone should do. In, in my opinion, all my lifters do it, and anyone who's going towards competition, we. I work for sort of a max effort, um, a daily minimum and a max effort system, which is kind of like a, a watered down version of the Bulgarian system, but it does work. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, like it's, it's an odd one. It's, it's it's the dream. I wish it was just a case of doing snatch and just snatch and clean and jerk, but I'm not elite, so it's not going to work for me. <laughs> and it's, it's, but like it's one of these things. Like if if it is Jordan, he's one of our lifters. It's um it's something you can have a play around with bring it up i know speed coaches him so it's like it's something bring it up with chris if it's something that you want to try mm. you're going you're going to have to come up with some level of justification on it on his journey right now he's not he's not ready for that yeah um, it's also like with respect as well and it's not not, not to get jordan it's mind numbingly destroyingly boring
0: absolutely
1: people, yeah. people don't understand i've experienced the suck this much like Memo gave me a program once that i swear to god like he was trying to fucking kill me <laughs> Right. I, I do Alex, you might have been there once. I was doing like Max's, like max fives, block snatches. I hit a hundred and I almost died. <laughs> yeah, I
3: as, a su- as a super, he
1: you uh, do N- fives. Yeah, he's like, right, max your fives today. And I like, I, worked up, I think I hit 90. I was like, right, I'm done. And I, I think I'm, I'm sure Alex was there that day. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you were, because I, I can remember you laughing in the back of the video. <laughs> um, and I was like, well, right, I'm gonna go 95. And like, Alex, all I heard from Alex like, don't be a pussy. <laughs> loaded up and it was don't get me wrong were korean snatches literally catching yeah ball. yeah. mate i thought i, I think i lay down for about a good three minutes so. but his <laughs> argument was that me pushing for a, a heavy single wasn't what was needed me pushing for a five is what was needed so yeah. it's, it's, it's 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 different horses different courses but again like to to try and push Matt max effort I think if anyone wants to even try it, my, my rule of thumb would be go watch um, the School of Champions documentary on yep. uh, on YouTube and look how fucking happy those lifters are. <laughs> you won't see a single one of them smiling. You won't. It's their job. No. So yeah. and that's the thing I think other people don't realise with the, the, the Bulgarian system is at the end of the day, that was, it's the old Spartan thing. What is your profession? Those guys were professional weightlifters. Yeah. In every conceivable sense of the word to the point that some of them were training three, four times a day. So it's like, I don't, again, I think it, it's something to have a bit of fun with, but you, to get anything out of it, you'd have to be elite. Well yeah, well. uh, not, yeah not, I agree. 5% of the country, not an not intermediate f- level lifter. It's like, it'll just it, you'll end up hurt because your bulletproofing won't be there. You won't yeah. be used to sort of like, unless you're squatting a ridiculous amount leading into it, it's, it's not going to work.
0: No. It, I think it also, I mean, you also touched on it, but sort of just to summarize to people, like you touched on, it depends where you need to get better. If yep. you're ridiculously strong, is pushing your squat and your pull actually going to help your cleaning and jerk and your snatch?
1: Well, mate, you're looking at the person who has that exact problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, if, I have if, I, the complete
0: yeah. opposite problem.
1: <laughs> like if, if, if you like looking at it not to weirdly flex, like um, I've always been a bit, of a bit of an ogre. Just coming from my rugby background, being strong was never really a problem for me. Mm -hmm. if i just do a squat program nine times out of ten i'd pb it to the point where i think i had a hospital appointment a couple of weeks ago came out of that really pissed off and i I went and back squatted 230 for a pb so it was like i was so annoyed i just i just needed a win so it's like i wasn't really specifically following anything i was just just trying to hit heavy doubles every time i trained yeah so i just got used to i think that a little bit of anger and then Two days later, we went into this stupid fucking lockdown. I smoked a 120 snatch out of nowhere. PB'd my power snatch out of nowhere. And that was after the back, back squat PB. Like, I, think <laughs> I, need, I need to lift angry more. Yeah, um, <laughs>
2: it's really well.
1: But if you look at it, it's like my best back squat's 230 now. My best front squat's 190. Um, hmm. I, can, I can, like, Alex has seen it, and like, it pisses speed off, which is one of my most favorite things in the world to do. I can panda pull off the floor 160.
0: Like yeah, if, I, I've seen if, I actually,
1: if I actually had any, if I had any level of speed, I would probably be dangerous. but I'm yeah. just not quick enough to get underneath it. Um, like, and I've, I think I've clean-panned a pulled 205 to my nipples, so Christ. it's it's a case of like I've got all that power, but I've got no speed. I've got no me trying to get under the bar. Is is, is kind of my thing now, and I, I made some big progress within my last that last stage where I snatched the the 25, I probably should have snatched a lot more. For me, like I'm fighting two battles. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fighting like the trying to keep up with the thing, and I'm getting old. Mm-hmm. I don't move as fast as I, I had. So it's, it's one of these things. It's quite hard. So do I waste my time on doing the things that aren't really going to push it? I find normally, if my front squat goes up, my clean will go up. Mm-hmm. If my back squat goes up, my snatch usually goes up. So for me, there's mm-hmm. kind of a yin and a yang to it, but right now, do I need to spend as much time on those? If we were in a perfect environment and sitting in a gym, I'd be pushing the lifts.
2: Yeah,
1: Because I, I, I can almost go a little bit Bulgarian on the squats and keep my percentage within 90 to 100% for like, um, there's like a death squat a, a death squat program you can do, a death ground squat, sorry. There's EMOMs, things like that, just to keep shit ticking over whilst I would be working on the other things. So if we were in a gym scenario right now, that's my, my training program would be more developed towards my technical improvement on the clean and uh, my speed under the bar and the snatch
2: because mm-hmm. I don't
1: I don't need to worry about the squats. Yeah, all
2: so, the pulls by not, the
1: sounds not, of it. Yeah, not, not to come back to this, but like <laughs> I'm stuck with what I'm, I've got here. So I've got, a, I'm just, in, I'm just in a maintenance phase mm-hmm. here. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, and like you say, your, your problem's been strength. I think to a certain extent at some point, so was so Alex. It's like, you guys are very efficient lifters. like, where's, where's your squats to your um, your front squats to your cleans at the moment?
3: Oh God, um, just trying to think. I've done 107 and a half for a double and my best clean is like 97
1: and a half. Yeah, so we're in that kind of stage where it's very efficient.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I have like, you know, that's why I've been pushing, you know, the squats and the presses and all this, because it's like, you know, it's, as you say, like, strength is, a we- is my weakness currently. If I can add to that, you know, my technique's decent, so yeah. it's going to get realised in the lifts. 100%. You,
1: you move well there's like this you definitely you're, it's been very nice to 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 watch you progress as a lifter from when i first met you because like you can see that the, the things that you and connor have been working on that that steady progression is, is how it's going to keep moving forward for you but the it's one of these things i find it's like you you, you either get people like me that are like very adapt to getting stronger mm. or you get people like you that might be very you find technique very easy but getting strong really hard like Farah, she's one of she's Farah one of my lifters. Like she's she's in that. She she's just weirdly strong. Yeah, no,
3: yeah. she's much like, strong and fast.
1: Like she, yeah, well, like she comes from sprinting and a bit of gymnastics uh, yeah. She, yeah. She's got that background, which is nice. Mm. Um but like she she would weirdly not like it's not a dig at her, she like she'd weirdly not train for a little while because she got busy at work and come back in and still be within ten kilos of her best front squat and it will still look easy. And she'll come in and like I've watched her clean clean up to like near enough a hundred kilos. Like with barely any squat. Like it's just one of yeah. those. Things. So it's 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 a, it's a it's a nice battle. It's one of these. One of the the the, the, the good performance for this sport is that it is always sort of like flipping you on your ass and going right. You need to go away and work on this. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Like Stuart, the lifter I'm working with, he's in the army. He he had some technical stuff wrong, but he also like inadvertently had allowed his strength to drop. Mm-hmm. He equaled his best front squat. Uh, was it two days ago at 170, which he hadn't got anywhere near in like three years. And nice. in that competition, he PB'd all his lifts. So yeah. it's just one of these things. It's like identifying the weakness, make the weakness your excuse the the, the profanity, make the weakness your bitch. Your
0: bitch, yeah.
1: And you, then, you, then you'll you'll see things improve. It's really weird. Like for me, like because of my history in rugby, my shoulders are just jacked like like snatching for me is is a very very easy thing it doesn't phase me But cleaning jerks I just my shoulders don't want to externally rotate because they've been dislocated so many times and other bits and pieces in my neck and just like this this is just literally concrete there's not a lot <laughs> to do with it <clears throat> so the bar crashing on me is, is a horrible thing so for me to counteract that I've always had to have my front squat so much higher than my clean because I know mm-hmm. that if it crashes on me at like 140 but I'm front squatting 190. As soon as that fucker settles, even if I have to sit in the bottom, I mean you've seen this you've yeah. most time where <laughs> I have no human right to have even caught what I've attempted to catch, and I just stand it up like it's nothing. Yeah, because I I have to have that deficit to to sit there and like allow my body to absorb all of that force, just because okay. I can't get into like I'm getting better slowly, but it's breaking me. But like because I can't get into that perfect catching position, so it's just it's one of those things, isn't it? In a day, it's um. It's an interesting one to sort of, what battle do you fight?
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: In an ideal world, if you've got pumps, I would say you want to be. It's 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 the best saying. You want to be attacking the low hanging fruit. If there's low hanging fruit that is there, it's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. If you are struggling with your strength, then you need to do a strength cycle. Do not do Smurov; it is pointless. You will like you will die, um, and you will not cool. see gains from it. But. Moving stuff, but like you so, you squats or pulls, and just just trying to find out where the weakness lies. Like for me, another one is like weirdly my pulling, my positions within pulling the clean are weak because of the issues I have with my lower back. Mm-hmm. So I've been working on that. So it's one of the things. A lot of the bits I don't post are like the amount of RDLs I'm doing, the like single leg RDLs, kettlebell RDLs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: things like that. Just trying to fix where I broke my back. So it's just it's mm-hmm. just these things. Find the low hanging fruit and absolutely own it because if you do, you're you're going to see. Massive, massive jumps
0: out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. No, that was great. All right. Do you, do you reckon we have time for one more, or should we save this one? Mate, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> all right,
2: another
0: one. All right, this is probably going to be quite a long one. That's all right. Uh, and to be honest, I think we've kind of touched a lot on it on it anyway, in terms of like identifying different lifters, what they need, blah blah blah. Anyway, I'll, I'll ask the question and we can get into it. Um, so as a coach, how do you decide what type of program will suit your lifter? Is it a case of trial and error? See what volume they need or what intensity they require. Is it related to age, gender or variables like that? I know that's a massive question, but essentially, how do you start building a program for your athlete?
1: Isn't um, it is it? because it's like you, you you can go down a rabbit hole on this, but it's, it's, it's yeah. very, it's very, you can put it in very, very, in my opinion, very simple terms. If you've got a beginner, an intermediate or an advanced lifter.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you've got a beginner, you just like like I do with all the beginners I get with Ronin and, and, and my own personal ventures and stuff like that. We start at the basics. Can you squat? And then we build off that. So it's one of these things if like if, you, if you're looking for a very simple thing because competition for them, the, the end goal, as far as I'm concerned with every single client I take on is like, eventually I'm going to want you to try a competition. Be it a lower, be it a, ball, a comp, whatever it is, you've got to try it. If you hate it, you hate it. That's fine. But that's the end goal. Competition is always the goal. So with the beginner, you obviously set up a beginner program and then it's specific to their limitations. So that's, that kind of takes that and puts beginners to one side. Uh, Gender within it age. I've I've had female clients that are in their fifties that move better than boys and girls in their 25s. Mm It's. Hard. I don't think you can pigeonhole it into one of those. Everyone is so uniquely different that, I think, if you coach weightlifting, you can't really do cut and paste. You can't if you're going to do it properly with with people outside of a club environment because that's slightly different. Mm. But from like an online thing or a one to one thing, you're very much individually programming as, as much as you try, may try not to. You have to because like you're going to come across different things all the time with different people so on and so on. So if we take gender, age, all that, put it to one side. Intermediate is slightly different. Um, again, i it's hard right now. And this is like one of the things that I'm struggling with massively with my lot. It's like trying to keep stuff fresh and moving forward because we have no end goal. Normally, like we would, I would speak to them and go, right, you're intermediate level lifter. We're going to look, my, my objective would be to get you into, if we're looking at like this year, be like, right, I want you to lift in the first lower invitational that comes up we're going to program towards that and then we'll reverse engineer backwards. So it's like, what do I need to work on with you as an intermediate lifter? Is there, is there any low hanging fruit? Do we need to get stronger? And again, it's just you, like me talking to Alex and going, right, where are you at with stuff? Mm-hmm. And so on and so on. And then I find the further you go up the ladder with the quality of lifter,
2: mm-hmm.
1: more individual and the more time you have to spend talking to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes a, and you two will know this because I've seen you do it. It becomes a partnership. So it's one of these things. You take on the intermediates and the, the beginners like that. But as they grow as a, as a lifter, it, then you, you have to sort of go to and fro with them. And then again, you're, you're reverse engineering back from competition. So if you look like we're very we're very lucky at Ronin we've got some lifters that should, if, again, not to be not put a Debbie down on it. If things come back to normal, we've got. Potentially, one of the lists that could be pushing for qualification for the Commonwealth Games. Um, Leslie's like the prime example. Like, Chris and her have to sit down and, like, I mean, I'm not giving away secrets here. They have to almost reverse engineer and they work out, right, your comp's here. Is this an online competition? What have we got to get you ready for this? Is it a Scottish nationals that you need to qualify for? It's having the foresight to jump as far forward into the future as you can possibly get away with mm. and then plan backwards. So, yeah, you know, like for me, Again, the intermediate level lifter, it's very much that two-way conversation, giving them a bit of rope, bringing them back in again, which I'm pretty sure you do a few times, and then like I say, you 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 build that relationship and move further forward with them, and then it, it does. Like me and Lucy was always a, I mean, she was she ranked number two in the country at one point. It was it was very much sort of a a sort of like right, how are you feeling? Almost programming on a on a daily, not even so much a weekly. So, if you'd like to, so I, I think some of you, you might have listened to it or not. It was quite an interesting podcast. Was said when he spoke about Mezzo, like how mm. he spent that time with him over in the, um, wherever the hell it was. I can't remember the Oh, yeah. So I never pronounced yeah. it right. Um, <laughs> and when he was there with Forrest, it was like there was this kind of set out for the week. But then if you looked at what was done at the end of the week to what was programmed at the start, it was the polar opposite. Entirely different, yeah. Because you're dealing with someone at that level. And that kind of, like, I think that's how it sort of triples down with most elite lifters. It's like you have a basic structure, but sometimes the shit just goes wrong and you're not going to be able to get to that or to do this. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it, it becomes more and more individualised the, the, the better you get as a lifter. But, again, it, to me, it's competition backwards. Mm-hmm. You've got competition in 12 weeks, we build something around getting you ready to be at the best version you can be at that point in 12 weeks, regardless of what level you're at. So it's like, right, if it's your first competition, right, we're gonna go there and set some PBs. If it's your second, third, fourth, we're gonna beat them, but we've now got 16 weeks, great. We can do two or three different little cycles here. We can do a hang cycle, we can do, and that becomes where they're weak. Like I always argued, I think with Alex, was the fact that she should be doing more blocks. Yeah. Uh, just to work on these bits and pieces like that. So it's like, it, it's understanding, right? I see a weakness there. Let's run that for four weeks. And then we've got six weeks into the competition. So we can make some real gains in that area for four weeks, just, just technique, 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 strength, so on and so on. Then go into a peaking cycle for six. Bosh, the competition's done. And then it's just a matter of, right, what. Do we need to work on now what's the what's the the obvious thing that you're fucking up on yeah oh, you, you, you missed all your jerks of competition right okay guess what you're doing now for six weeks <laughs> it, it can be like you can go down rabbit holes and then build like the craziest program in the world it ain't gonna work unless it's a two-way mm-hmm. thing if you know what i mean it's like understanding your lifter is possibly the hardest thing to do mm.
2: it's
1: my- the hardest but i think the best oh it is <laughs> for sure. People looking into this sport don't realize the, the chess battle that this sport is. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's, like, it's, it's like nothing I've done before. To say, I mean, I've been lucky that I played rugby to a good level, but like, you can't hide behind anyone.
2: Yeah.
1: I, like, if, I, if I fucked up as a prop, which happened far too many times for my liking, like, there was always a whippy little back that can come around and sort of save my arse when you're missing a tackle. I missed one lift in competition with Mem coaching me, and he tore me a new arsehole. Because you've only got three choices, you've got three chances, and that was it. So it's like to put that kind of pressure on yourself, and then you walk out in what can only be described as lycra that just is not flattering on anyone, especially (laughs) in front of a couple of hundred people, and it's deadly silence. It's like that's what always makes me laugh when I hear, not to sort of go on a tangent on this, when I hear CrossFitters talking about like their best lifts and stuff like that. Like, how many times did you try to snatch that 110? I did like 45 goes. Doesn't really count, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, if I had forty-five attempts to do something, I could probably PB most weeks. So it's, it's like that, that whole <laughs> we've we, we've we've been there in those the the, the 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 local meets to national meets. I think have you have you done national yet, Con? Uh, not like, yet,
0: but that's that's my that was my aim yeah. for last year. And yes, yeah, it's, it's like same as me for yeah. sort of
1: like masters. Like we've we've all been there in those those high pressure moments, yeah. be it LSE or like the English for Alex and sort of like bits and pieces. It's like. That's fucking, that's, you're, you're, you're literally like, your soul is out there.
3: <laughs> everyone to look I, at. I fucking, like, I almost don't remember. Like, everything just kind of goes on, you know, almost on rails. Yeah. I feel like on so many competitions. It's just like, eh. It's just, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's the same platform. It's the same bar, whether you're like Crystal Palace, Bethnal Green, Rico, it oh, yeah. you know, doesn't matter. Like, if you think. I, is,
1: you get, I think you get seasoned within it, but still, yeah. like. There's nothing quite like it. Like, walk, like I've I've played rugby in some quite big crowds and it's like, mm. the, you get pulled on by it. But silence is a fucking deafening thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like, I remember my first competition, like lifting with uh, Giles coaching me in the background and me walking out. And I I will quite happily say, I shit my pants. Mm. Uh, I fucking shit myself. So it, it's like, so, but yeah, coming back sort of full circle on that. The programming, again, you can go down a, you can go down with a, the, the most scientific based percentage by this by week by increment and stuff like that you can be as as technical as you want to be but at the end of the day it's like it's it's just looking at like I find the most best things that work is keeping shit simple
3: I was just gonna say like just to talk on your point but like I think kind of as coaches there's definitely like a bit of pressure to like right okay you know what you're doing. So, you know, the, the more complex shit you put into it, surely the better it's going to be, right, Wrong. Um, there's there's too many variables day in, day out. And I yeah. find that, like, normally, you know, just keep it simple, keep it, you know, just whittle it down to its absolute see, fundamental. Yeah, see, system. for
1: me, like, if I give you, like, a brief synopsis, like, to a certain extent, on something like that I would program for someone, is like, for me, I think, and Alex, you've seen this in the in a bit as well, like, I, I give my intermediate to sort of advanced lifters a lot of rope. So we will do a movement that's specific to them what they need to work on, but we're going to do it to a max effort. Mm-hmm. So in theory, if it's like, right, you've got to do block powers with no contact because we're going to work on you trying to control your leg drive a bit better or so on and so on. That in itself is going to limit you going to a true lifetime PB.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But you're still working to a maximal effort till you miss or you, there's a technical breakdown and that's when we stop. So I use that kind of coaching philosophy within the snatch and the clean and whatever variations I'm used to. But you can't argue science when it comes to getting stronger. No. So if you're going to push max effort in the snatch and clean and jerk, for example, on different variations, you can't then do max effort to a certain extent on squats because one's going to counteract the other, and you're going to end yeah. up being potentially overtrained as clean athletes. So. I'm a massive fan of the Russian squat program. It is the most simplest effective thing near enough. Every single person I put it on like 99% of them PB every single time. So six by two, three by six by three, so on and so until so you hit six by six and you go into a peaking phase. That just kicks along in the background. Simple, mm-hmm. done. It's the, re- the reason why the Russians have used it for God knows how long in different formats and stuff like that is because it works. So, but again, it's like, you can't, you've got to, you've got to look at the battle. So that, that, that's the kind of way I would look at that scenario is like you can still push max effort with intermediate to advanced lifters. Beginners, it's very much reps, 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 because you've got to learn motor patterns and sometimes you've got to teach these guys how to squat even before you can get them doing a snatch or a clean. I had an argument with someone a little while ago who was like, why have you got them doing this? I'm like, well, they can't squat. Why, why? Mm-hmm.
2: Without,
1: without trying to be a ball, I'm not going to put them at risk making them do cleans when they can't even rack a barbell and do a squat. So it's like, of course they can't clean. If they can't front squat, they can't clean. So it's like, right, what can we do in the interim to get them ready to get ready for a clean? So, right, we're going to do a load of squat mobility. We're going to do some front rack mobility. We're going to do these bits and pieces. But at the same time, we're going to work on your pulling stance off the floor. So when it does come to the full point, we'll get you to clean. We've already we've sorted out. I, I've got a drill that I, I, I won't say I designed the drill, but like I've got, it's called pull to knee, then deadlift. So just getting them used to being in a really solid position at the knee, so that because that's always a weird one for people trying to learn the double knee bend. Um, and then when they come to do the full lifts, it's like it's, it's already ingrained in them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's like I say, it's just like again, beginners, techers, reps, intermediate to advanced, you're looking at a little bit more rope
0: and trying to build that relationship with them. Well, have you got anything to add to that?
3: I don't know if I can.
0: <laughs> no, I think you pretty much covered it. I mean, yeah, for me, the main thing is like you said, get to know the athlete, understand what you need to identify in terms of weaknesses, also what they're good at. Because sometimes in a program, if it really is hurting, they need to have things that they enjoy and they're good at. Oh, gotcha. You know, because fuck, like I've been through some of the worst training cycles in my life. But I know that if I've got hangs, I'll be happy because I <laughs> bloody love hangs above the knee.
3: So I can Probably. give you as many
1: spots as I want. As long as I give you some hangs, you'll be okay. Nope. <laughs> of course, <laughs> the other thing to remember as well, like I, I, I sometimes like, can be a little bit too old school at times. And I try, I, I'm try—I a little bit too hard on people, but it, it works at the end. Is We're here to have fun.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Like the guys who get to the advanced level, you haven't got to worry about them too much because, or elite to advanced, sorry, it's because... They're in the, they're already in the, like, their their boat's already sort of pitched up and ready to go. Do you know what I mean? They're in the, mm-hmm. they're, they're seeing an end goal. They're, they're seeing a Commonwealth qualification. They're seeing their first British, so on and so on. So, like, those guys you don't have to worry about. The other ones at sort of, like, intermediate level, it's, it's it can be so fucking disheartening. Mm-hmm. Like, bless her, I had, I had a, a Masters lifter who, she hadn't PB'd in five years. And I was like, right, okay, <laughs> I looked at it and I looked at her lifting and I was like, right, the reason why you're not doing it is because you've got some really glaring technical things. I said, trust me on this, if we get these things up, that will come. Mm-hmm. And actually, it did. And she's like, I can't believe I've PB for the first time in such a long time. I said, But yeah, it's because you were missing certain things. And it's I think also lookers. I learned this the hard way when I first started messing about with the Bulgarian stuff. You put the, the emphasis on the wrong thing. <laughs> Like, uh, Spitz again, like I said, I'm, I'm a big cal strength fan. he done it and he explained it like an, an ever-expanding spiral. When you first get into the sport, your learning curve is like that. Four weeks, you PB. And guess what? In another six weeks, you PB. Before you know it, this spiral is like here. I, I, I hadn't, up until like last year, year before, like I hadn't PB'd in like two, three years. And it took for me to really strip shit back and work on stuff and things like that and understand that that, that circle just keeps getting bigger and mm. bigger. Like, a way of looking at it. Yeah, and if you think about it, like all of a sudden you take a kilo PB of something that's fucking amazing. Like, I remember like just coming out of the lockdown, I hit, <laughs> going into lockdown, my best snatch was 120 um, and I started to do my peaking phase and I hit 121. Mm. Weirdly, I was more happy about 121 than I was when I snatched 125 about three, four weeks later. Mm. Because it, it took me almost, I think I put it on my Instagram for shits and giggles. It was something like one year, 250 days or something like that since I'd last PB'd. My snatch. Yeah. So it's, but it's, if you look at the battle in a different perspective, like Schenkel was one of these guys that would have somewhere written down every single individual PB he's ever hit.
3: I've started doing that. So I've yeah. got. Big table, big Excel table with just like basically every exercise. Fucking
1: surprise you in a fucking spreadsheet.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you got a graft and a pie chart as well, Barney. Yeah, way. yeah,
3: got little graphs, little pie charts. <laughs> no, but like you know, it's as you're saying, like because I'm always checking, like oh fuck, you know, we got squats, okay, we've got fours today, for example. Okay, what's my best? How am I feeling? You know, let's try, let's push it, even just by a kilo. And you're That's- all these little, yeah, yeah. It's like all these little increments add up but the only way you know how to push them is if you can open you up know your, everything you know yeah. or whatever and you know yeah. check it and go okay all right i've got some scope here or like you know you can even see the relationships between the two you know you've got like between one and eight reps and like you're looking well everything's quite tight in the one to five rep uh, range but then you know six seven eight there's a huge gap there so i know that i can push a bit harder there i know that there's something to be gained and so you're kind of like always raising this bar just even slightly. And just that's across the board, like every exercise that you do. And, um, and it's a good reference as well. Like, you know, if you haven't done something for two cycles and you come back to it, and you're like, shit, what, what can I do from blocks? You know, yeah. power snatch from blocks. What's my best power snatch? I don't remember. The best but, way know. I look
1: at it is like it's, it's having a daily win. Yes. Mm. If you can walk into, I think I remember again, Cal Strength thing. Like Mark Bell, a guy who does a really good, interesting podcast. It's a massive fucking podcast, to be fair. Um, um, he's, he's the owner of um, Slingshot. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, was yeah. Cal- he was in Cal Strength doing a little seminar, and he said, "How do you PB every day? Well, how, how do you set a PB every day? You do something different every day." it's kind of almost a west side barbell type concept of where they're they're pushing so many different variations that eventually something's going to lift your actual conventional style lift up so it builds confidence like if you all of a sudden hang snatched i mean alex what's your what's your best snatch from the floor at the minute
3: uh 75
1: right so if you suddenly hang snatched 80 when you, yeah. got a, when you got when you got to pull that from the floor, you're yeah. like, oh, bitch, I got
3: like that's not an issue because I've literally gotten under it before. So just exactly. the-
1: yeah. these little things. If you can raise all the little assistance style stuff, be it like if you're more into complexes or like different variations, like all those little things will add up. It's a bit of a, a Russian sort of like way of looking at it. all these complexes they do and everything like that. And all of a sudden they're, they're lifting 30 kilos more. It's, yeah. it's, all these things do add up, and they do that, but fundamentally it's it's having that daily win the way that i was i was programming my sort of max effort sort of daily minimum max effort type stuff is that i said to myself like to give you an example of like the 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 running for the 125 snatch every single snatch session i had to come in and hit my daily minimum Mm. that was non-negotiable didn't matter if blood was pouring out of my ears and my nose or anything like that was hurt cold whatever i had to hit that anything over that is deemed as your daily maximum, and if you can keep going, keep going. Mm-hmm. Every session, I was walking away with a, a, a little victory, or I didn't go backwards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sometimes those little mental wins are huge for this
0: sport. Absolutely, yeah.
1: It's like again, a kilo is still a kilo. People obsessed yep. with having like five, ten kilo PBs, It's all I see people that like warm up to like a max effort and like that. Their PB is seventy, and next thing they've got, they've got like eighty-five on the bar, and <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> You've been smoking crack, like why do you what? What the fuck? just put 71 on? Yeah, you can hit at this week, and guess what? You'll stop there, and then next week you'll come in again and you'll get 73.
2: Yeah,
1: next week you'll come in, you'll get 75. And I I've got a very close friend of mine who's got into lifting a guy called Tom, and he's the most fearless guy I've ever met in my entire life when it comes to anything. I think it's something about people from the West Country that they're just on a different mm-hmm. level of they have no common sense of fear. <laughs> um, just being around tractors, probably, or the amount of time that they are, <laughs> on but um. He kind of listened after a little while, and he went on a run where he just he just went all the way up to like an eighty-five, ninety kilo snatch over five to six weeks because he just built up a, a tolerance to this and understanding like, oh, kilo's still a kilo, it's still a kilo. Yeah. So it, again, it's just having having to know what all your little assistants are like. You can go down a rabbit hole, but I think if you just keep it very simple, of like, what's your best hang? What's your best block? What's your best powers? Things like yeah. that. And you do visit them, try to beat them. Yeah
3: you know it's as you say like it's lots of little things that do carry over into the main lift and do actually lift up your numbers it's like you know if we've got two people come in and you know they're safe for the sake of argument that in both people everything else is held constant like you know we've got one person who can even just dumb shit like you know bench pressing if they can bench press more if they can squat more if they can pull more if they can lateral raise more who do you think is going to be able to snatch and clean and jerk more i'm oh, yeah. money on you know
1: yeah. It's like it's the way that I use them, I get a lot of stick for it because like, like again my panda pull stuff like that, but <clears throat> you see me do it, I do it because of a um velocity thing.
2: Yeah,
1: I use yeah. that as a measure, I use it as a measuring tool. If I know that I am pulling 130, 135 at a certain speed at the top of the at the top of the pull, I'm ready to snatch it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's like little little battles like that get me ready to attempt bigger lifts so again it's a very individual thing but like i said there's a a lot of people put put the emphasis on like oh my snatch go higher just number one with all the respect in the world you're 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 an intermediate level lifter. you will probably make an english you might make a british you're not going to be an elite lifter just enjoy the sport yeah and let let that journey go and see what happens yeah Prove me wrong and like go snatch something massive and clean and jerk something massive. But right now, that's where you are in your journey. Enjoy it. Have fun. Bring all the little assistance lifts up and stuff like that. And, and you're probably more than likely snatch a PB or clean and jerk a PB. Yeah. I, mean, I, remember you, I remember you coming to Chumsford and you hit a block clean that was a PB, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like six kilos. Yeah. Like, I think a couple of weeks later, you were just literally annihilating everything off the floor.
0: <laughs> yeah it was just it's still it was still the same back in lot. obviously i've been dealing with a knee issue for the last two two years mm-hmm. but yes yeah, I'm, I'm trying the same the th- same theory it's literally just every session just a little bit more a little yeah. bit more a little bit well, did, more you had tendonitis in your knee or uh yeah i had so they thought it was a partial uh tear of the meniscus which luckily it isn't or it wasn't um and then it's basically just tendinopathy because i have Oscar Schlatz because I had ADHD as a kid, <laughs> so it's like jumper's
1: knee. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: A lot of so... knee, a lot of turmeric ter- knee extension work for you.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, a lot of band and stuff. That that normally settles my like my my left knee where I had it fixed like get it really bad. Yeah, um, like where my patella tendon just takes on so much more pressure than it should do because of where they put the um uh, the ligament um grafts in my knee. The graft, yeah. I, I can I can I can empathise at a massive level. So yeah. Just knee extension work. Get on a get on a, a leg extension, mate. Yeah, well, I've, it will soon fuck off.
0: Yeah, well, I I, st- I did that because I kind of neglected it for the first year, and then it was only last year where I was like, right, let's actually get this sorted because my li- everything had just gone stagnant. I was still it's training, mad, but it wasn't bad. like a it wasn't like a, I can push now. I can just get in and lift. Yeah. Uh, more more for like a mental health perspective, to be but, honest, more than anything else. It's mad uh, how
1: much like I think with the. Uh, like, I, I can. I've, I've touched on it before. I think with Alex, like, and I'll, I'll quite happily talk about it. with You guys at another day, but like, um, I, I suffer with my own demons and my own depression and stuff like that. And like, just to be able to squat, yeah. But I didn't have, if I couldn't do anything else, I'd be, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah exactly. This <laughs> so, is yeah. one of the things. It's like it's amazing how much it's really shown. Like, like I, the word essential is a very, very sort of touchy subject right now. But it's impo- it, us being able to do stuff is important. Yeah, uh, and we're not we're not, we're not. we're not runners. I don't understand this mm. concept of <laughs> oh, you can't go to gym. Go run, motherfucker! I'm not running. I'm, I'm <laughs> the size of me. I'm 100 <laughs> kilos. Like I'm very dense. There's yeah. The reason why I do not go into swimming pools and I do not run, I will, I will literally sink like a lead balloon, <laughs> or my knees will be the size of balloon by the time I'm done. <laughs> so yeah, that's all. but yeah, mate. Like I can, I can empathise on that battle with you. So
0: yeah, but like, so I've, I saw a therapist. Um, like a, a sports therapist to, to get my knee sorted. And ever since then, I've, I've been doing like lots of mobility work um, and I've touched wood, had no problems for the last sort of six weeks. So I'm finally starting to creep things back up gently. Yeah,
1: I, I can empathise with that. Like with, with rehab and my knee was one thing. I wasn't a lifter then I was, I was playing rugby. But like my back is constantly like that. The, the amount of like... I, I don't post it because it's literally the most mind-numbingly boring crap that I do. Yeah. Like no, no one wants like, no one wants to see me doing dead bugs. It's not pretty. I'm a fat lad lying on the floor with my belly hanging out. It's it's not. But the the minute I was very lucky that we've got um, the gym I used to work at. We, there's a very very talented physio there, a guy called Alex, mm. and he he really rammed home the importance of like dead bug, bird dog, uh, Stu McGill's top three. Yeah. Yeah it's one of these little things like, like I laugh and joke with Alex doing all our assistant stuff. There are some things that are just a necessity. If you, if you want to be even an advanced intermediate level lifter, if you are not doing some basic stuff and some basic prehab and rehab, you are going to get hurt. Mm. This sport is weirdly unforgiving. Like scrummaging sure. has like, I think scrummaging for the better part of 20 years, toughened me up to a certain extent, but being crushed daily by weight is a completely different thing. if, if yeah. your body's not prepped for it you're going to get hurt absolutely Yeah. mastering those is really important to me. what was that sorry I so said mastering the mundane and getting those those really crappy things out of the way oh yeah that's, that's where the, the, the money's made
0: absolutely yeah the boring stuff
1: yeah the boring it's, birth- it's, it's, stuff.
0: it's crap it has to be done sometimes yeah absolutely yeah I've I've actually been doing. Uh, you probably know. Do you know? I can't remember what his full name is, but it's called like the Patrick Step Up. So I followed a uh, knees over toes guy like maybe oh, right a year yeah. ago, and I saw him do a Patrick Step. This was about a year ago. I tried it about. Th- this was just after doing the rehab with the sports therapist, and uh, ever since then, I've I st- do that in my warm up now. It's not an accessory exercise. I just stick it in my warm up because it makes my knees feel nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm googling this now because I'm interested to see what it is. um yeah, but like, there's loads of little things like that when you do stuff. Oh, is it? Oh, just like the squat off a plate. Yeah, it's
0: basically like yeah. a caloric step up. Yeah, it's, what... a, it's, a, it's knee extension work VMO. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: great stuff. Like stuff like that is like especially for like I know it's going kind to of go on a tangent. here to sort of, If you're stuck at home and you're mm. like, like me, you've only got a squat rack and stuff like that, and you need to do single leg work. i During the summer, I did loads of those. That's yeah. another because I couldn't get onto a leg extension, so I had to find. A different way to doing lunges because as a fat lad I hate lunges. Mm. <laughs> so this was a fun way to try and almost like progress to a pistol, which never really happened. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's it's a great it's a great warm up. It's also a great accessory at the end of the day to get a little bit extra single leg work in. So yeah, I think as sure. you we, we all build up little routines that we do that we we see benefit in. Mm.
0: Like it's, absolutely.
1: like, if it, if, it, if it warms your knee up, great. If it needs to get a little bit of weight through that leg at the end of the session, even better. Yeah. I I, I again, ironically, me using the word. I lo- I love a Bulgarian split squat. Oh. A horrible. But yeah. Stupidly effective. <laughs> I
0: like I like split squats, but I don't like Bulgarians. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> right, it's, it's, it's one of the things that I, I'll, I'll always try and find. Look, I've got some. sick I think it comes back to my rugby days. I've, I'll always try and find the sickest way to do something because I, if it's if it's not like really testing me, I won't do it.
0: Yeah. So it's
1: like one of the things. It's like planks. I, I, I have to try and find the, the worst version for me to do, otherwise I will not do them. But yeah, yeah. Like, like, little things like that. Like so, the, I, I I coined the phrase "mastering the mundane" from Travis Mash, a coach I look up to a lot. Mm-hmm. He, he's he's massive on it. You look at. Like I know it's a bit of a touchy suburb. You look at Westside Barbell, those guys are creating some of the strongest athletes in the world. Yeah. I know you kind of have to go hashtag heads, but regardless of that, these guys are lifting <laughs> weights. But when you look at the way that their training program is built up, it's a very small percentage of them actually doing the lift. The rest yeah. of it is special awareness exercises built around them getting stronger. So it's like if Louis is trying to throw them on whatever weird bit of kit he's built, Yeah, like these guys are doing... Handstring curls and glute raises, and like, and they're moving the most weight in the world,
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, or some of them have been in history. Have so you have to kind of go, it got some sense there, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, but, but like, I've seen it before. Like, there's um, again, Asher built differently. The guy will do a bodybuilding workout before he even starts lifting. Yeah. He's like, mate, you're not tired, he's like, now you get used to it. And he's going around every single machine at BD that's <laughs> specifically towards what he's doing for the day mm-hmm. to prep him and get him ready. It's fascinating to watch.
2: Mm. I
1: tried it once and I was knackered. So I thought, no, I won't be, I'll do it at the end. So it's yeah. just, again, it's one of these things. It's like you, you as little and as coaches, as you move forward, you'll learn your little your prep things, your little things that work for you and stuff like that. And you'll just imply it. And then what will happen is that they'll pick up the weird things with Alex drawing shit on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, 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 joke,
3: like, you know, footwork wise, like, I think I jerked like 105 the other day. It was mm. perfect. But again,
1: that float didn't even hit the water. And she was out of that like a bloody great
0: white shape. shape. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Lo- love one.
2: Know. Yeah. No, but it works. you talk
0: about her boxes, she's going to come at you like that.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. Love it. Love it. So, but
1: yeah, no, it, it works. At the end of the day, it works. So.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, I think that's all the questions that we had. Um, so, yeah, Ian, first of all, thank you so much for giving up your time and coming on. Um, no, mate, not problem at all. Like I say,
1: it's a pleasure. Like I say, it, was, it was nice to be asked. So I'm um, yeah. ha- happy to sound off on
0: my opinions at any point if you guys want a, a slightly That's angry Scotsman's right. view <laughs> on anything. No, no. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely, it's been nice to change it up a little bit and have someone else kind of talk a little bit more than just me and Alex saying, well, it depends because, <laughs> you know, you could, you could say that about a lot of things, but yeah. So th- th- thank you very much for coming on. And uh, I'm sure this definitely won't be the last time
1: that I'll drag speed on with me as well.
0: Yeah. So you're, yeah,
1: you'll get an even different, like you'll get a little crazy ADHD, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> as well.
0: As well so. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Oh, well, really- um, we sh- I'll. This should be up, I reckon, in the next couple of days. I'll see. I'll see how quick I can. I can um, work technology. <laughs> no, so it's, just- it's not like you got anything else to do, bud. Well, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's-, that's that's true. <laughs> All right, guys. I shall catch you soon. Um, no worries.
1: Thank you. Yeah.
0: All right. No worries.